This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's no question. And, and one last voice on this topic, because we obviously heard Matt Eberflew's call for consistency. And then the offensive coordinator a day later, Luke Getze, met with us in the media room at Hallis Hall and was asked about what, you know, what does consistency look like through your eyes down the stretch of this season for Justin Fields? Well, he starts with taking care of the football, right? I think that's the, 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 the starting point for, for anybody on offense, but specifically the quarterback. And then it's just like what I just what I was mentioning before. It's about getting better and progressing each and every week, right? And so I think there was really cool uh, parts of this season that we saw that from him, right? And then unfortunately the injury comes. So let's get back on track with that and let's continue to grow together. Does movement in the pocket fall into that category for you? Uh, I mean, for sure. I think that's because that's part of taking care of the football, right? I think that's, uh, you know, you know sometimes there's, there's bad looks or bad play calls or bad whatever, and you have to make the best out of it and not make a bad play worse, right? And so that's part of that. And then pocket movement, sometimes somebody makes a mistake and we'll avoid it and you can make uh, minimize that mistake as much as you can. That's part of playing that position for sure. And so all that, all that stuff in together is part of him growing. Uh, David, I love that answer because like that for me is so much of this, right? That, that when we talk about the eye test down the stretch of the season, it's what do you look like in the pocket? Are you comfortable? Are you able to uh, get out of something that is dangerous and turn it into something productive or at the very least non-dangerous, right? And can you, can you manipulate the pocket? Can you climb more than Justin has? Can you shuffle? Can you make throws when you're, you're not just taking your drop, hitting it and throwing it, you know, that, that, that's all part of this. And, and I think that they want to see that on a consistent level and then obviously as you hear again ball security and taking care of the football in key moments is a a, a very big deal uh, for where they're going right now back to what the fields could have learned from Bajan or things that Bajan did that fields can do uh, as well maybe improve on Tyson Bajan really had and sometimes to a fault like the anticipatory throws he would throw before the break or he would he would make sure that he was hitting receivers in stride probably in a way that justin fields could improve on and that's an area where he could certainly improve on and you would like to see that as far as the the ball security i thought that was an interesting answer in terms of the the quest for consistency because you know i think what happens is when you have 
when you return to fields instead of Bajan, you go from trying not to lose a game to having to try to win it. And when you do that, I think you're going to be able to you're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive. When you're more aggressive, you might be exposing yourself to, you know, not protect the football as well, or maybe trying to make that throw that might be a little bit riskier uh, or make that play and, and you lunge in for an extra yard and maybe, maybe ball security is, is a problem. That's what you have to watch out for. But I do wonder, did you, did you get a sense from Luke Getze that even though the, the concerns are valid and pretty much it goes without saying about ball security, did you get any sense that he was going to maybe approach the game plan any differently than he might, uh, than he has for the previous four weeks? I didn't get that sense. Um, what I'd like to see sprinkled in a little bit more is some of that movement, you know, and move the pocket for Justin, get him on the, on the move, use some play action, do some things, particularly early in this game to just get him, get him back, in a rhythm and in some comfort and, and, and getting them on, you know, on the move where Justin seems to, 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 to get settled in quicker when they do that. Um, it'll be really interesting because you know, this game plan, whatever happens Sunday is going to be scrutinized to the nth degree Sunday night, Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, of Thanksgiving week. And, and wherever you're having Thanksgiving dinner, they're going to ask you about Luke Getz's game plan. I'm sure, because that's just the topic here in town. And uh, this will be notable, right? It'll be another, another point. Uh, in in this bear season, where we we shine the magnifying glass on things and, and can make some judgments about what they did to set Justin up for success, or maybe in in the worst case scenario, not set him up properly for success. It's not a scientific poll. It's not a Twitter poll. It's not anything that you can really measure. It's just anecdotal. But in the past week, I've probably been stopped, as you know, as you probably are around town, half dozen times. Let's say a half dozen times that somebody says, oh, you're so-and-so. Oh, I know you. Hey, what about the Bears? And then it comes. It's not really about Eberflus. It's not really about Justin Fields. The most common question and complaint revolves around Luke Getze. I mean, there is an awareness amongst Bears fans and a annoyance level, and that, that people have reached their limit in terms of running out of patience. I sense my own experience anecdotally. That- hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That they're more fed up with Luke Getze, it'd be like, okay, well, obviously the McCaskies, that are at the top of the list. Sell the team, it's the McCaskies. And then I, I, I almost wonder if Luke Getze is next, and it's gotten to the point where the Bears offensive coordinator is back to being one of the more unpopular people in all of Chicago. Yeah, uh, the problem I have is that it's predictable, and it's something that Brad Biggs and I predicted in, in uh, you know, June and then again in in July and August when there were some struggles with the quarterback in in training camp when we said you know they're coming for Luke first you know um, and so here we are look like I don't I don't think Luke has been a you know a top ten or twelve coordinator in the league this year by any stretch of the imagination but he's been turned in this city into the boogeyman by a lot of people as the guy who's like uh, you know in some people's eyes like 
almost going out of his way to to make Justin worse, you know. And I, I it's just it's baffled me how quickly that conversation has gotten into the the extremist territory that we try to stay out of with the electric fence that we put around here. Uh, but like it's it, yeah, you're, I mean you're, I've you're been not zapped a couple of times. I've been, zapped, <laughs> I've been zapped a couple of times. I've run after Jesse. I've been chasing that. Uh, I've been chasing that criticism car. I'm like. Hey. Maybe, maybe, maybe I haven't heard it as, uh, as, as, as wildly from you as I have It's not wild in no, other but I, pockets, but like, yeah. like, like, you look like this is a union though. And, and as a coordinator and a quarterback and as an offense, you've got to, you've got to find that marriage, you know? And like, I think to Luke's credit, he has been adapting, you know, over time, he adapted a year ago and unlocked something that, that bought the bears more time to continue their development of Justin Fields in a, in a, an environment that wasn't as, uh, tense and supercharged he did things uh you know after the the first month of this season to try to, to to get some things unlocked and they had success he had a pivot to an undrafted rookie from Shepard, and they won two of their four games in part because they were setting some things up that that, that allowed them yep. to be successful there so you can't have all those things happen and then say like this guy is the biggest buffoon and boob that's ever existed in in bears corner history as some people will do and they, they will probably do it at my thanksgiving dinner next week as well and then i'll have to say uh you know, get out your phone. I'm going to get you the, the take the North podcast episode, or you're going to go in the, the back room and you're going to listen to this and you're going to come back and we can resume our conversation. Last thing on Getsy, because I, 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 my criticism has hopefully not been crazy out of control, but I think it's been confined to a couple of different areas. I mean, I didn't even one, know we had fitted you for the, uh, the electric I, fence collar. I, I mean, I know it's like, I got, I got, uh, I got the people like they're, they're painting it around my yard. They're ready to install it. And they got all the marks on my yard and <laughs> ready to be confined. But um, I don't want to go across. I don't want to cross the line, but I think the number one, I drives me crazy sometimes when on short yard situations, he come, he, he ignores the obvious and won't take the gimme. And I think that's guilty of a lot of offensive coordinators in the NFL. Secondly, I haven't liked the way that he sometimes will candidly blame players instead of taking responsibility the way a lot of coaches do. I understand sometimes that's all in the name of accountability, but I don't like his tendency to necessarily do that. And the third thing is, I think the inflexibility of trying to fit, you know, the skill set of Justin Fields into his scheme rather than fit, you know, it's, it's always the same old story, trying to tailor the scheme around the talents. And I think he's, uh, he's a young coach with a lot of potential, but you do have to give him credit for getting the most out of Tyson Bajan, which is, I think, what but a lot of coaches almost relish that challenge of taking somebody who has, you know, what's considered uh, modest talent in the NFL and getting the most out of it. And that really challenges them to do things that they might not be able to do with more superior athletes. So anyway, I, I will, uh, I'll definitely stay within the confines of my electric fence and try to be fairer to Luke Getze. I had a private text conversation with someone. Um, this was probably just before Justin got hurt about some of these conversations and, and this almost mythical offensive system that people want them to run that is specifically tailored precisely to what Justin is as a quarterback. And this person who is very, very football knowledgeable said that's the Mitch Trubisky offense that everyone wanted at the end of Mitch's time here, which is like this, this you, you, all you do is cut the field in half and run play action and get him on the move. And you run this elementary 
offense that that can basically unlock short-term success for you, but is not sustainable in any sort of high level. There's a, there's a very low ceiling on that. And so we can go forward again. We'll watch this game Sunday in Detroit. We'll see what the game plan looks like. Maybe I'll do a deep dive in every single uh, play they call and figure out what it looked like in Justin's first game back. But I, the, I, I don't know. There, there's just, it, it feels like knee jerk to me for a lot of, a lot of people to, to Go ahead. You can respond. I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's mythical because we've seen it. I, I mean, I, it may it may be something that isn't sustainable to get to the Super Bowl, but everything's incremental, to use a Trubisky term, incremental progress. And it's not mythical because we saw it work. We saw it work, and then there was a departure from that because it was almost like the Bears overcorrected because they didn't think that method was sustainable. But we saw the Justin Fields offense work. Justin Fields, you know, was James Harden. He was the system. He was the system. Are you for talking about for the games. for the four games last year in in October and well, early four, November? Four or six game. I mean, yeah, it, was it was four. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like defenses figured that out, and they they said, okay, like we're not going to let you do that. We're not going to let you beat us in that fashion. And you're going to have to develop a counterpunch. And the counterpunch has to, to, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, learning how to be a consistently productive passer. We ran through the numbers of, of how historically low they were in terms of passing production. And they've been better this year, but they haven't been fantastic. And so eventually as a quarterback in the NFL, you have to be a productive passer. And so I don't know, like, again, we're, we're getting off track here and we've got a lot of other ground to cover. We'll see what happens at Ford field and we'll be able to, to kind of circle back on this. And, and maybe we'll dive into some specifics next week of what worked, what didn't and, and what we could have uh, seen instead.